0: This is going to be one of those messages that if the seats had seatbelts, you'd want to fasten them. I want to preach a message today with the new year coming in just around the corner here, just a few days away. And I thought long and hard about the title of this thing, and I kept thinking about the year 2022. I thought about the number two. Well, two is the number of divisions, so that's not a good number to talk about. And then I asked... 2 plus 2 plus 2, well that's 6, that's a number of man. that's not a good number to get into. And I couldn't figure out exactly how to approach this. I finally came up with the title, A New You in 22. So that's the title of the message today, A New You in 22. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. <clears throat> I hope you all heard the podcast last week that Brother Glenn and I did. And I hope they're being a blessing to you. People are listening to that thing everywhere. It's just amazing some of the feedback we're getting from uh, people who are, are viewing the podcast and listening to it. But if you got to listen to it, I presented a thought that many pastors have presented to their churches. And that's the each one, reach one. And you know, we've been running about 80 people on Sunday morning. Well, if in the next year all 80 people reached one more person, by this time next year, we'd have 160 people. Then if we continued that trend, within two years, we could have 320 people. Within four years, it could be 640 people. If we continued the trend of each one reach one each and every year, it would simply be amazing how God would add to the family of God, to the local church. But we have to put that thought in our mind that each and every one of us is going to reach someone for Jesus Christ this year. We're going to disciple them. We're going to, through God's grace, make them a part of grace. A new you in 22. Now in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says something very interesting in verse 17. So let's all stand together. And I want to read a few verses of Scripture to talk about a new you in 22. Jerry and I had the privilege of having supper with Don and Michelle Hooker the other night. And Don and I were talking about our messages coming up Sunday. And the funny thing of it is, Don said, Well, what'd you title it? And I said, A new you in 22. He goes, Oh, I want to use that so bad. I said, Go ahead and use it. He said, Well, if I do, everybody'll know you and I talked about it. I said, Well, I said, I got it first. So there. So anyway, <clears throat> Ephesians chapter four, starting me in verse 17. ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speaking every man, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry, sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Can Can I just stop right there for just a minute and say that's some really good marriage counseling right there? Let not the sun go down on your wrath. You and your spouse are having a little bit of a fuss, fix it before you go to sleep that night. That was free. That wasn't part of the message. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Verse 27, Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not, the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Look back at verse 24, if you will. And that ye put on the new man, which is after God which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. A new you in 22. Put on the new man. So let's pray. All right? Brother Nick, you pray for me, would you? Amen. You can all be seated. You know, when it comes a new year, everybody talks about New Year's resolutions. And personally, I hate them. I don't know about you, but I hate them. You know why? You never seem to keep them. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to lose 30 pounds this year. Yeah, well, we usually wind up gaining 30 pounds that year. People say they're going to do this thing and that thing, and it it always seems to be one of those things where we just don't quite have the character or the willpower to carry it through. But Christian, let me introduce to you today some thoughts that we need to have a new you in 22. God has put, put forth some specific things that we as His children are to maintain in our Christian life. But so many times we let these things slide. We let things get away from us. Okay, just by a show of hands, just for fun, in years past, Christian, how many of you have said, I'm going to read my Bible through this year? See what I mean? We all make those promises, don't we? But yet how many of us fail to carry it through? I do my best to read my Bible every day. And I have a goal of reading 10 chapters a day. You say, well, that's a lot of Bible. 20 to 30 minutes will suffice 10 chapters a day. You see, the problem is, as we get our priorities messed up. We begin to think that we can't fulfill this because it takes so much time. Christian, can I tell you this is that when you let things in life overshadow the things of your Christian life, those things become an idol unto you instead of allowing the things of God to work in your life the way they should. The Bible says your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price. So it's time that we as Christians get back to the fundamentals of our faith. It's time we back up for just a moment and realize that we serve a holy and righteous God who deserves our love, who deserves our time, who deserves our very life, the very essence of our life, and that we totally and completely give our life to Him. It's time that we create a new you in 22. Now, I'm going to throw some things out here this morning. And Bible reading is going to be the first one. Well, we failed before. You have the ability to do it. The Bible says in Mark, it says, for with God, what? All things are possible. So don't sit back and say that you can't do it because you can do it. Don't sit back and say, well, I don't have time. Yes, you do. You're simply not willing to make the time. With God, all things are possible. Don't give up. Make up your mind that the power of the Holy Ghost is greater in you than he that is in the world. And through that power, you can fulfill these things to be a new you in 22. Our responsibility as Christians is to grow in grace, is to love him, is to serve him, and ladies and gentlemen, if our love and our grace is not greater by the end of 2022 than it was at this time this year, something is wrong and we failed our God. We must grow in that love. We must grow in that grace. And we have the power to do it. Make up your mind. It's going to happen. Make a promise, not only to God, but make a promise to yourself. You can do it. Realize it's not only for you, and it's not only for God, because when I begin, you remember what I talked about: each one reach one. And if we become a new person in two thousand and twenty-two, we're going to have the power and the ability for each and every one of us to reach someone else for Jesus Christ in this coming year. What quiet in here? But what I speak is the truth. So let's talk about Bible reading. Each and all of us know we should read our Bible. We speak to God through prayer, but how does God speak to us? Through that book. God no longer speaks to man through an audible voice as He did in the Old Testament. But now we have a completed Word of God, and God speaks to us through this book. God wishes to have a conversation with you. Not just a one-sided conversation where you tell God all the things you want and you desire and you need Him to do, but God wants to be able to talk back to you. And as you open the blessed pages of this book, God will speak to your heart. The Bible says, in all thy ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path. I just don't know what to do. Get in the book. I don't know what direction to take. Get in the book. God will tell you what direction to do. He'll tell you how to live your life. He'll tell you how to do things right. But it's found in the pages of this book. You know one of the hardest thing is for us guys to do? Is to open up the instruction manual. You know what this book is? This is our instruction manual to the Christian life. You show me somebody that's got a wore out Bible and I'll show you somebody that's walking with God. Somebody might say, I don't have a Bible. Raise your hand, I'll give you one we got a cabinet full of them over there. We'll give you a Bible if you don't have one. But think about how easy it is now. We have apps on our phones. Apps on our iPads. We have our Bibles. We can listen to it on CD. You can listen to it on the radio. You can listen to it so many ways. Don't tell me that the Bible is not available to you because it is. You know what the problem is? You don't love it. You don't love this book. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. You have a sin that's just beating the devil out of you, a besetting sin that you can't get through? Get in the book. Get in the book. You want to increase your faith? Romans 10.17 says, For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. First Timothy 4.13, Paul told a young pastor, he said, Till I come, give attendance to reading. To reading. You know what people don't like to do anymore? People don't like to read. People would rather be entertained. Turn on the boob tube. You know what, Christian, there's nothing so precious as a time when you just sit down with your Bible and you just read in the quiet for a while. There's nothing so blessed as when you just sit down and you read it to yourself out loud. You don't love the book. You don't realize the power that's within that book. Ephesians 6.17 says it's our sword. It's our sword. It's our weapon. You ever have the devil just climb all over you? No fun, is it? Can I tell you something? It's nothing new. Because in the Gospels, you know what we read? We read a time when the devil tried to climb all over Jesus Christ. And you know how I answered him? It is written. It is written. It is written again. If Jesus Christ can defeat him with the Word of God, Christian, when the devil comes knocking on your door and beating you up and it seems like there's no way out, There's the answer. There's your weapon. That's your sword. We need to love it. We need to learn it. We need to memorize it. The Bible says be ready to give an answer to every man according to the faith that lies where? Within you. Folks, this can only come about by reading the Word of God. We need to know the book. We need to read the book. We need to love the book. You say, preacher, why is it important that we know the Bible, that we read the Bible that we love the Bible. Because in John chapter 1, you know who the Word of God is? Jesus Christ. In 1 John 1, 9, there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Can I submit to you today that your response to the Word of God is your response to your Savior, Jesus Christ. You know what I hold in my hand? I hold ink. I hold paper. I hold leather. I hold a ribbon but the words that are written inside, that is my Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you love Him? Yes. Love the book. Yes. You want to know more about Him? Know the book. And it's so cool when you see a young couple fall in love? When they start dating and courting. They just can't get enough of each other's company. Is that right? They want to be with each other all the time. You know what? They want to get to know each other more, more about each other, and spend time with each other. He's the bridegroom. We're the bride. We should so want to know so much more about Him simply because we love Him. We need to read the book, know the book, and love the book. And through knowing the book, we'll know Jesus Christ. And the more we love the book, the more we'll love Jesus Christ. A new you in 22 will come through by opening this book can I give you the next one we need to pray more I looked up some statistics the average Christian anybody want to guess how long the average Christian prays a day one minute one minute the average pastor prays 20 to 30 minutes a day it's no wonder it's no wonder we do not have the power in our lives. We do not have the power in our churches. We do not have the power in the pulpit that we need to experience. We sit back and we wonder, where are the Spurgeons of the old? Where are the Moody's of the old? Where, where are the, the great songwriters of old? Where have they gone? I'll tell you where they've gone. We have quit wearing the knees out in our britches. We don't pray like we should anymore prayer is something so sacred. It's so, it's so holy. It's so personal. It's something that we must, we must endeavor to maintain. For if we don't, if we do not pray, God can't answer a prayer you haven't prayed. 20% of Christians pray daily. 20%. Luke 18.1 says, men ought always to pray. Prayer should be a time of worship. You say, well, isn't this worship? This is a different type of worship. This is congregational worship this morning. Folks, our lives should be spent in time of worship individually with our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we do that through prayer. Our prayer time is a time of confession. It should be a time that we confess our sins before a holy and righteous God the Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It should be a time confessing our sin, telling God, tell it, begging God, asking God to forgive us for our shortcomings, where we failed Him and where we've let Him down. There should be a time of thanksgiving when we thank God for His many blessings when we thank God for the air that we breathe, the the ability to taste, to smell, to see, to walk. It should be a time when we thank God for our families, thank God for our church, thank God for the Word of God, and just thank God for who He is. Prayer should be a time of thanksgiving. Prayer should be a time of discussion with God, where we discuss issues in our life. There are so many times in my personal prayer life that I have to ask God, God, heal my heart. Fix my heart. Give me the heart that you desire for me to have. God, my heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? God, help my heart to seek after you. God, help my heart to love the people of our church. God, give me a heart to reach out to lost people. God, touch my heart. And this is who we must be. Prayer is a time of confession. It's a time of thanksgiving. It's a time of discussion with God concerning heart issues. But the Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, make all your requests known unto God. Prayer is not just a time when we treat God like He's a genie in the bottle, and if we rub it, the genie comes out and gives us three wishes. But prayer is a time when we make our, re- our heartfelt request known to God. It's a time that we Just become one with Him. It's a personal time. It's a quiet time. Some people pray silently. Some people pray out loud. Can I tell you, it doesn't make any difference. The bottom line is, pray. Do you realize the power that we have in prayer? The power that we have as His children in prayer how many things can be changed in this world if Christians would do nothing but band together and pray? Look at James chapter 4 with me for just a minute. Turn to James chapter 4. Start with me in verse 1. James 4, verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and not. And desire to have. And could not obtain. Ye fight and war. Yet ye have not. Look at this. Because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not. Because ye ask amiss. That ye may consume it. Upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses. Know ye not that the friendship of the world. Is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the Scripture saith in vain the Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn and weep, let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another of another brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law, and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law but a judge. There is one lawgiver. Who is able to save and to destroy? Who art thou that judgeth another? Go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on morrow; for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now folks, I don't know about you, but in James chapter 4, God lays out what prayer is all about. It's a time of humbling ourselves before God. It's a time of considering other people better than ourselves. It's a time of putting away our sin. It's a time when we are alone. And can I tell you this? In James 5.16, the Bible says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You want a new you in 22? Get on your knees and pray. Well, I got another one for you. A new you in 22? We need to be faithful to the house of God. We need to be faithful to church service Hebrews ten twenty five says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching ladies and gentlemen the day is approaching when Jesus Christ is going to bust the sky wide open and call his people home the day is closer each and every moment of our life And because of that, so much the more we need to pay attention to church attendance, to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, special services, revival meeting coming up in June, missions conference coming up in October. We need to be faithful to each and every one of these services, exhorting one another. Do you know what it means when you come to church? You come to church and it encourages someone else to be there as well. It encourages someone else to be faithful. It encourages someone else to be a part of the body of Christ. But yet when you just say, well I can take it or leave it. I don't need to be there that day. You don't exhort someone. You discourage someone by that kind of thought and that kind of action. Folks, we need to be faithful to the house of God. I don't care who the Browns or the Bengals are playing this afternoon. We need to be faithful to the house of God. We get our priorities all screwed up. We look at things the wrong way. Well, you know, church will be there next Sunday. I'll catch up then. Well, let me tell you something. I found out something very interesting in the Scripture. But if you look at most of Pauline epistles, they were written to a local church. And can you imagine being a part of the Church of Colossae when uh, Onesimus brought that letter to the Church of Colossae? They read it for the first time, and someone in that church, I'm telling you, was bound to have stayed home Because they wanted to watch uh, something on the Gladiator channel. And they missed the blessing of hearing the book of Colossians read publicly for the first time. Do you all understand? There's things that happen here we cannot recreate. There are things happening here this morning in your heart and in my heart that cannot be recreated tonight. That cannot be recreated on Wednesday night. And can I tell you, people are missing a blessing today because they chose to stay home and not be in the house of God. I don't want to discourage anybody in their Christian walk. I want to exhort somebody in their Christian walk, in their Christian life. Folks, we need to understand these things are important. A new you in 22 reading your Bible. A new you in 22 praying like we've never prayed before. A new you in 22 being faithful to the church and to services going on at church. Can I tell you something? When you became a member of Grace Missionary Baptist Church, you made a promise to be a part of the services. You agreed with the covenant. Well, preacher, you know, don't tell me. Tell God. And explain it to Him and see how well that conversation goes. I've got to hurry on. Can I tell you the next one? A new you in 22. Y'all liking this? I'm liking this. Can I tell you a new you in 22? Get your tithing straightened out. Get your tithing and your giving straightened out. As a man purposes in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or sparingly, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I can tell you story after story after story how God has provided for me and Jerry over the years simply because we've tithed. Brother Jim can share with you the story that he talks about uh, being able to to give that money and then God resupplying it back again. But let me tell you something. My story is one thing. His story is something else. But it it doesn't mean anything to you until it becomes your story. And if you want to have a story like that, a testimony like that, you've got to walk by faith and not by sight and step up and tithe and give the way God has directed us to do it. You want to experience the blessings of God? Let me tell you something. You give, you give, and you tithe the way God wants you to, God will bless you. But on the other side of the coin, you don't give and you don't tithe the way God wants you to, God will curse. We live in a funny state of mind where we think that if we hold on to more, if we hold on to it, the more we're going to have. The Bible says you put it in a bag, you put it in a bag with holes in it. You know something my pastor used to tell us all the time years ago? He said this. He said, go ahead and keep your money. He said, keep your tithe. And he said, when your car breaks down, he said, God has his mechanics that are Christians. And he said, that mechanic will take your money and he'll tithe on that money. He said, God has his plumbers. God has his furnace people. And he said, he said, God will make everything in your house break if you've got to have somebody come and fix it and pay them to fix it. And he said, what will happen is, he said, they'll take that money and they'll tithe on it if you won't. I'm not looking for the curse of God. I want the blessings of God. Oh, I hit that one hard enough. You want a new you in 22? Each one, reach one. Tell somebody else about Jesus Christ. Did you ever wish you could experience that feeling of what it felt like the day you got saved. You could feel that all over again. Can I tell you how to do it? Lead someone else to Christ. Because when you win someone else to Christ, it puts a joy in your heart. It, it puts a skip in your step. I mean, it does something to you man like you cannot ever explain. A new you and 20 you. 22, telling others about Jesus Christ. Reading our Bible. Praying. Praying church attendance, tithing. I told you, get the seatbelts out. Because I was going to hit every one of you somewhere. Last point. There's some people who need a total new you in 22. You say, who's that? Those of you who don't know Jesus Christ. Can I tell you that if you'll give your heart and life to Jesus Christ today, He'll make you a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things will become new. You want a new you in 2022? Lost person? Lost person? Give your heart and give your life to Jesus Christ. I stand here today as a testimony of what God can do in a man's life. Brother Leonard is a testimony of what God can do in a man's life. Miss Jenny is a testimony of what God can do in a lady's life. Do you understand? Man, there was a time, I mean, lost and undone without God and His Son. And that day that Holy Ghost of God came and knocked at the heart's door and said, Son, if you don't ask Christ to save you, you're on your way to hell and you know it. I've done all I can do for you by sending my son Jesus Christ to shed His blood on the cross of Calvary for you to pay your eternal sin debt. And if you'll simply ask Him to be your Savior, to forgive your sin, to come into your heart and life and to receive the gift of eternal life, I'll save you. God's done everything He can on his side of the aisle. You say, well, preacher, what have I got to do? God, forgive me. Come into my heart and life. Be my Savior. And I accept the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all you've got to do. It can't get any simpler. It can't get any easier. You don't have to join the church. You don't have to get baptized. You don't have to do anything. That will want to come later. But God is not one that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You want a new you in 22? Ask Jesus Christ to save you. Folks, we have great opportunities coming up this year. We have huge responsibilities to fulfill this year. But we've got to read our Bible. And we've got to pray. And we've got to be here. And we've got to give. And we've got to tell somebody else about Jesus Christ. I'm going to say one more thing and I'm done. I'm not only preaching to you, but I'm preaching to me. One preacher said when I point a finger at you, I got three more pointing back at me. It takes all of us. All of us. And you can do it by the power of the Holy Ghost of God. You can do it. You can't do it under your own power. But you can do it with the power of God. You can do it with the power of the Bible. You can do it with the power of prayer. You can do it. We can do it. Can I put this forth? If you allow God to make a new you in 22, God will make a new grace in 22. A bigger grace. A greater grace. But we must fulfill our responsibility. Let's all stand. Miss Patty, would you come play something, please? Now here's the invitation. If you're lost here today and you don't know Christ, the number one part of the invitation is to offer you an opportunity to come and accept Christ as your Savior. We'll have someone take a Bible and show you can know for sure that Jesus is your Savior and heaven's your home. I'll not stop saying that till the day I die. I've been saying it for 30 years.